Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This edition is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hi, good evening, Fred. Good evening, and we are happy to have joining us again Los Angeles Times reporter, Russ Mitchell. Great to see you, Russ. Hey guys, good to see you too. Russ, great, great having you here. Russ, you authored a piece this past week headlined, A Tesla Mystery. Why didn't auto braking stop these crashes? You're shining a light here on what Alan, you so frequently talk about, automatic emergency braking systems that are failing to do what their name implies. Give us more of an overview, Russ. Well, the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration in August launched uh, an investigation into the uh, apparent tendency of Tesla cars on autopilot uh, or uh, cruise control or both to uh, crash into uh, stopped emergency vehicles, vehicles stopped by the side of the road, usually because there's been an accident already or because somebody's getting a traffic ticket or the like. Uh, Teslas have been crashing into uh, many stationary objects. These aren't the only ones, but uh, to have a dozen of those uh, within uh, just a few years, uh, at, at the very least, uh, merits, uh, they thought merited some attention. Uh, a lot of the uh, media attention and public attention is focused on autopilot, as it should be, uh, but there's something called automatic emergency brakes, which can be tied into autopilot, but are essentially a separate system that many cars have, whether they have autopilot technology uh, or not, uh, that is supposed to be able to detect in uh, an object that's ahead of you that you're about to hit and either slow down the car a lot or stop it uh, before before there's a crash. Uh, It can often work uh, by mitigating the crash or by stopping it altogether. Uh, there's a lot of engineering that goes into it, a lot of uh, software that determines how it's going to behave, depending on the manufacturer, but that's the basic idea. And the story asks the question, what's going on with automatic emergency brakes and Teslas? Why, forget autopilot for a minute, why are these cars not stopping themselves when they have this important technology already on board? Now, you spoke to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, the IIHS, Right. which found that automatic braking systems can reduce the incidence of front-to-rear crashes by 50%. They say all cars should have it. Kelly Funkhauser at Consumer Reports in your piece called the benefits pretty astounding. But is there a problem with Tesla's implementation compared with other car makers? What, what do we know? Well, the, you have to remember that we have the word mystery in our headline. Uh, we're trying to find out, NHTSA is trying to find out, Uh, uh, there's enough evidence out there that the question is worth asking. So the headline says mystery, but the story says that there's enough evidence out there that this is worth a close look, including statistics from NHTSA that show that the the owner complaints about uh, their Tesla cars are several times higher than the complaints on any of the other cars or car makes that also have most of their cars with automatic emergency braking. This is a very important technology. It can save lives. Uh, The woman you mentioned at the Consumer Report said that of all the safety features, 
if somebody asked, what should I get in my car? She said, this is number one. This is the one you should get first. Um, uh, but, uh, and in fact, all car, almost all cars in the US by the end of next year will have some form of automatic emergency braking uh, because the industry and the insurance and the car industry, the insurance industry and the safety regulators agree, agreed on a voluntary uh, 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 agreement to uh, have that done by the end of uh, 2022. Alan, you've been so vocal on this and have, have followed this and advocated for systems that work for, for so long. Describe for, for our listeners and viewers what the, what the biggest issues are here. Well, I, I mean, to me, uh, you know, of course, I want driverless vehicle to provide um, um, uh, equitable, affordable, high quality mobility to everyone, especially, you know, those whose lives could be really improved by it to, to do the whole automated thing so that we don't have to drive it be like you know going horizontally as if that, the way we go vertically in elevators i mean that's that's sort of the asymptotic salute uh, 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 hopes for all this technology but all that where does it 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 begins with the automated emergency braking system i mean if if you can't even you know stop if if the if the the automated system can't stop a car from hitting a tree when it's going 25 miles an hour or whatever uh, uh, what's going on how could it ever you know provide safety to somebody in Trenton you, it's got to start there what do these systems have to do they have they have to perceive the environment what is going on? Otherwise, you're going to hit bicyclists, pedestrians, trees, who knows what. And so the, the perception system is really important. And, and it, you know, it can't make many mistakes because, because, you know, you don't only find out it was a mistake after the fact. Because if you already knew it, then, then you wouldn't need the perception system to determine it. <laughs> you know, I mean, you knew the tree was there. So, of course, don't hit it. But if you don't know the tree is there, then you got to perceive it. I mean, this is the way we operate. Otherwise, run into doors. I, although I run into doors all the time, whatever, you know. But um, anyway, I mean, it's, it's fundamental to it. And it, it, I don't know, it drives me nuts. Here you have NHTSA or, you know, you know oh, we'll give you 18 stars if, if, you, if, you, if an object is stationary in front of you and you go down the road at 12 miles an hour and you don't hit it. I mean, IIHS had, had these great videos. And you look, are you kidding? You know, Subaru, you know, some of the other ones, whatever. And this voluntary thing that the that the automakers are, you know, for next year, you know, they volunteered to do automated emergency braking systems. Okay. The question is, where do they work? You know, what's the operational design domain in which they work? And in which places do they say, oh my goodness, as as Missy as Missy uh, told Russ. There are phantom objects out there. Okay, well, you know, you can't have the brakes go on. Otherwise, guess what? If the brakes start going on, I return the car. You know, I take it back to the showroom and say, it's, it's 11. And there right. are 11 laws that allow me to get my money back. Right. Yipes. Talk to me here. You know, it's got to work. Can't, can't, 
Well, are there are there fundamental issues that that we know of the circumstances where these systems simply are not working over and over again, is, and uh, that's led to these investigations? Well, Russ, you, you, what, what, Russ, go. Yeah, you, you, yeah um, this is this is one of the questions. There's so many questions in this area that we don't know the answer to because the, in my opinion and this is informed opinion based on a lot of reporting and, and reading and talking with people, is that regulators have not come to terms with the incredible revolution that's happening in the auto industry, particularly with data. Um, and as we talk about this, I don't want anybody, um, I know you guys, uh, you know where I'm coming from. I think that ultimately uh, autonomous driving is going to be a great boon to society in terms of safety, mobility for people that don't have mobility. So, you know, all of these complaints are based on how the industry and how the regulators are guiding the course toward that future. And it seems to me that, especially in the case of Tesla, they're putting uh, so-called innovation above everything else and could end up creating a negative public perception of these that will actually delay their appearance on the highways. So when you, when you ask about, do the other systems have problems? We don't know, NHTSA, NHTSA uh, a couple months ago, right around the time they launched this investigation, uh, whenever there's a crash involving something like autopilot or super cruise or whatever, they want the data on this. I'm not sure what the I'm not sure that they've made public exactly what they're looking for. They, there's a long list, but it's uh, it's hard to see how they can get something out of uh, Tesla without subpoena. But we will see uh, how much they're going to get. But they're starting in the year 2021. They're starting to be able to look at and collect collect and look at data that can answer some some of these questions. Well, Russ, I mean, I, I, th I think, I think focusing on autopilot and full self-driving is, is is focusing on on maybe the 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 extreme system the, the the extreme system. I think NHTSA needs to go back to automated emergency braking and say, you know, I don't know if that's a level one, a level zero, a level minus infinity. I hate can the I, levels. Interrupt just for one sec. Yeah, I yeah. didn't make my point clear enough. Is yeah. that automatic emergency braking? We need statistics on that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I understand. And 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 they, they don't seem to be focused on that because yeah. I think you can go back. I mean, I looked at the reportings that were that 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 that, that uh, Uber gave NHTSA about the killing of Elaine Herzberg. Mm -hmm. And those reports say that the system, the perception system, which tries to figure out what's in front of you. So how, how can you drive without knowing what's in front of you? You got to know how to turn the wheel, hit the gas, hit the brake, you know, whatever. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the fundamental system. That mm -hmm. system saw something, her, didn't identify it. Why do you have to identify it as her? It's an object that's moving across, that's coming across. On six seconds before he killed her. Right. Six seconds. With no breaks. It just continued. And they right didn't do through. anything. And they yeah. said, oh, it's an object. The, it, I think in the code, there is a loop that says if that object is moving across, 
instead of towards me. In other words, my approach speed to this object is exactly equal to my speedometer, exactly within, you know, give or take, whatever, then I will call that somewhere a stationary object. Right. Okay. Yes. And I think the fundamental problem is in the definition of state. If it's a stationary object, there are no stationary objects in the road ahead. Oh, you know, forget about it. Or maybe let's rewind and spend some more time on it and figure out. Uh, don't start hitting your brakes a little bit and slow down. Okay. And of course, they went and said, oh, my goodness, we had the Volvo automated emergency braking system. We turn it off if we go over 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Why are you even traveling over 40 miles an hour if your automated emergency braking system is off? Okay. Uh, it seems like, what are you doing? I, I mean, that's that's a go back to the beginning. Yeah. And don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. Volvo's got a reputation, and it's deserved for uh, focusing on safety. And they have the lowest complaints about their automatic emergency braking systems. Probably, <laughs> and they, yeah, uh, maybe they turn them on. I and don't they, know what they do. I don't know what they do. Okay, uh, somebody needs NHTSA needs to bring in the people who write the code and grill them, quiz right. them. I don't want to grill anybody. Quiz yeah. them and say. Look, what do you do? What does yeah. this system do? And right. they, if they say it's a black box and yeah. it's a deep learning, whatever black box that it does, whatever it does, then say, excuse me. OK, look, I mean, cut it out. You know, yeah. everybody knows that right. that the that the failability of those black boxes is such that we can't have black boxes driving our cars. OK, right. I mean, I keep seeing I keep seeing uh, references uh, to the trolley problem, which oh, no, is something on the order of something on the order of if the car has a choice of mowing down, you know, five people or a woman with a baby, which one is it going to choose? And, and my answer is, if a car can't tell a woman on a bicycle in the middle of the road from nobody in the middle of the road, that's a much more serious problem today than that is an problem. enormously serious <laughs> problem. Do you have yeah. any idea? I'm laughing. It's very serious. No, it is no. It's it's how many decisions these systems make every twentieth, every thirtieth of a second, all the time. Right. Okay. And it has to do them well. What do we do when we drive? We have to sit there and pay attention, and do the right thing, mm -hmm. or you know, not do a really bad thing. You know, otherwise we die. Okay. Right. So these systems have. Yeah. Or kill somebody or, yeah, right. Or, you know, whatever. I mean, if we put it, us die, maybe somebody will take it more seriously. You know, if it's then, never mind. We won't go. I don't want to suggest that anybody wants to kill any. Of course not. Alan, do, but, do you see this as a software problem or is there some new kind of hardware technology? No, if, it's always discern? software. Hardware it has to be do able anything. to determine what does hardware it's an do? overpass up ahead or or a yeah, truck but, in the middle of the road. What what hard hardware doesn't do that? Software does. I mean, depends how you define software. You know, you need an algorithm. You need a logic system. You need something that takes whatever a bunch of data from who knows what lidar, schmidars, visions, you know, pixels, whistles, who knows, puts it all together and says, "Hey, I can see Fred." 
or I can see a car, or the car ahead of me is moving, and I'm going to follow it, which happens to be a really easy thing to do, and the systems do that really well, okay? But all of a sudden, if I'm not following a car, and I'm out there by my, you know, open road ahead of me, and all of a sudden, I, I'm going up a hill, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a, an overpass that's further you know, down the other side, but as I'm coming up that hill, that damn overpass seems to be sitting right there on top of the hill. Okay, right. it's hard for me to understand that I'm going to be able to pass underneath it. But I say, oh my goodness, there have been really good uh, tra transportation traffic engineers, and they, they build it so that I will be able to pass underneath it. So therefore, I have confidence that I will. And I, and it's sure enough, you know, I'm still alive here. It's not been sitting on top of that hill. You know, I passed underneath it. Okay, so the systems have to do that. All of a sudden, <laughs> if I go underneath it and I disregard that thing, and there's a there's a stopped a fire truck with all kinds of stuff onto it i assume i can pass underneath it right if i'm one of these systems i think because it's stationary object in my lane ahead okay and i should me, add to that in, in truly autonomous cars and some companies are, are, are testing for this is that if you're if you're operating in the earlier stages in a tight operational domain and it's mapped out and they know that there's a overpass over that hump, then they can adapt to that. But that's not what we're talking about here with Teslas. And we will see what happens with Super Cruise and Blue Cruise and all that. And, and all that stuff. But And that's great. We can go to the, to the digital maps and have it there. But if we pass over that hill and there happens to be a stranded car, or maybe it was raining heavily just a few minutes ago, and where right. do I pull over? It, yeah. it, you know, I pull over under an overpass. Right. I'm a stationary car. If I if my algorithm is in there uh, disregarding stationary objects in my lane ahead because, oh, my goodness, they're all in the database anyway and so on. And everybody can pass underneath them. And I just do this because I don't want that phantom. I don't want that. That may be a phantom object. Can, it, I, can, I, ask you, can I ask your opinion on? Yeah, sure. You've got. Uh, these things are being uh, tested by the uh, IHS in yeah. some degree in Europe. Yeah. yeah. 12 and 25 miles per hour. Is it possible that the automakers under this voluntary agreement are designing it for those low speeds and that it would cost more to, uh, to make them more sophisticated and hence uh, because they're, I don't, I don't want to say with probability 1.2, it's going to cost more, but of course, I mean, if it's more, if it's more robust, if it does more things, if it, if it, if it, if the probability that it's going to detect a phantom object is lower, or it can really measure, you know, in in real time what the what the gap is underneath a, an overpass or or a tree canopy or a traffic light or all those things, right? Of course, and and so that's kind of possibly my issue with respect to the voluntary it is nice and voluntary i would like to see these automakers go and say my automated emergency braking system works up to 85 miles an hour but they do 
if you look at the Tesla, if you look at the, uh, well, they, they do and they the don't. Automated or, no, they don't. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know that they do. Maybe they if do. You, if you look in the Tesla manual yeah. for the, for any of their, their cars with, yeah. with automatic emergency brakes, it says they work between three miles an hour and 90 miles an hour. But, right, but, but they also say they don't work all the time. And, you know, if, also, if, if you change the legal language, it's if you get in a crash, though, don't blame us. It's don't blame us. Of course. Oh, absolutely. It's always that. <laughs> but they work. They work what? They don't say that they will not crash. They won't avoid the crash. They'll do crash mitigation. Yeah. OK. Maybe they will all of a sudden put on the brakes in the last, you know, with way within one point six seconds, the, the time, the collision, maybe. And therefore, yes. OK, I, I instead of colliding at 90 miles an hour, I collided at uh, 72. OK, mm-hmm. so 18 miles of energy of, of impact velocity reduced, you know, and of course, uh, I mean, Tesla does do a darn good job of designing the vehicles to absorb energy and so on. They've done a fantastic job. Hey, they don't have an engine up there to take out my legs. Right. Okay. I mean, they have this thing of the, this frunk. Okay. That, right. that nice client, they've done a marvelous job of doing it. And, and the, the crash mitigation piece is great. Mm-hmm. The issue to me is crash avoidance. Right. Why did I crash in the first place? Right. Okay. Why didn't it stop me? Really? Right. I mean, sure. If, if, if a deer runs out in front of me, which they do way too often and they're coming out of nowhere, you know, uh, my perception system and trying to figure out, holy hell, there's a deer coming is, you know, the cognitive cycles that I have to go through to understand that by the time I slam on the brakes, boom. Okay. Sure. Those, you know, if, 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 if I like to say, if, if F equals MA, if the fundamental physics, you know, there's times where it does, but we're not talking about those. We're talking about situation in which there was enough time to start saying, oh my goodness, I should slow down. Right. So that I have some time to, in case I really have to do something, stop so I don't hit it. Mm-hmm. And and if that means that I can't tailgate you when you're going down the 405, then darn it, the system should have me back off. Right. Okay. And if if the system if if it's somebody going in and then cut in front of me because I have too big of a gap, then something on that in that system should say, hey, yo, you shouldn't be cutting this guy off. You know, don't cut in. Okay, I, all those things should be in there, but you know, when are they going to get to that point? And this is before you you, you provide driverless mobility and get the real value proposition out of this. Right. And it doesn't seem to me that the the, the OEMs are competing on this safety thing and competing not to crash. They love they they love crash mitigation. Take that out, Fred. <laughs> I don't know. He won't take it out. Leave it in there. I I didn't. I don't want to suggest that they that that that's not really true. But but you know, one can make arguments that. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to put thoughts in anybody's head or make assumptions. Yeah. But 
but uh, in journalism, you're always taught to follow the money. So yeah. I, I asked <laughs> money aspects involved yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any evidence to make any claims and I'm not going to, but yeah. I ask that to anybody listening to this, keep that in mind as you analyze any of these important issues, following the money can provide some answers too. Yeah, of yeah. course it can. It, it, it can, it can in, in this case. Uh, and it, that makes it frustrating. Right. It makes it really frustrating. Right. If Elon Musk, uh, Russ, had been willing to answer your questions or had been willing to come on the podcast here, standing, <laughs> standing open invitation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What, what, would, what would your questions be to him? Well, in case anybody out there doesn't know this already, I think it was last year, uh, Musk totally got rid of the media relations department. I mean, they have people in there that do media relations, but they don't talk to the, the media, particularly anybody who's going to ask tough questions anymore. And they don't respond. So, uh, and I've, I've, been, you know, I've asked to talk to Musk. Some of his fanboys think all I want to do is talk to Elon Musk. No, if he wants to talk to me and explain some of this stuff, uh, I'm here, I'm available. I will tell his side of the story. Um, but in this particular case, I mean, I'd want to know why his uh, his uh, Ford collision avoidance systems um, get uh, several times the complaint rate of competing vehicles. I'd ask him what the problems are. Why are these things hitting fire trucks and police cars and trees and uh, all kinds of objects? Um, I'd uh, want to ask him why he doesn't make his uh data more public in the sense that I understand proprietary data. I've been covering business for a long time. I totally get that. There are people, including some people I know very well, who are willing and have offered to <laughs> I you're raising your hand, to, to take what he claims is his safety data and run it through an independent analysis with anonymized data and show the world maybe he's right. Uh, maybe he's right, so or maybe not. But he doesn't, you know. He he wants to keep that uh, that secret. He wants to keep his safety data secret, and yet uh, trumpet it. I would want to ask um, why when he comes, to, why he's calling something full self driving that's not, and why he is willing to make the public guinea pigs uh, to uh, a test driverless technology with with amateur owner drivers who are liable in court, not Musk, as opposed to everybody else in the industry. And I'd want to know, um, uh, is he surprised that the California Department of Motor Vehicles is totally okay with this and they require all of this for Argo and for Waymo and for Zooks and everybody else, crews, everybody else in this space, except full self-driving Elon Musk, and uh, they give him a break. So those are some of the questions I would ask. Yeah, no, and 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 uh, Russ, you know, I, uh, we've offered uh, Fred and I have offered here that, that I would love to to look at it, at, at his data. I, I'd do it for free. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be paid for it. I just want to. I'd li love to look at. It. I think that it is safer. I've ridden in Teslas. I think this system is really good. Okay. I just think he's gotten ahead of himself a little bit, okay? I think that if he went back and really put the same pressure, they've done, I was so impressed with his, with his, uh, 
AI day, not because of the humanoid. That's, you know, that's stuff to get somebody to write it and give him free ink and all that stuff. But in really what he's doing to try to take data and try to make this stuff better. I happen to think that I don't have a LIDAR in my head. I, you know, fundamentally, I believe you can do this only with vision. Okay. But you got to be darn good at it because we, we have 10 to the 11th neurons here. Okay. I mean, you know, and a flea doesn't, doesn't hit the, my walls and it has like three neurons. So, I mean, this is doable. And I think you can without a LIDAR. Okay. If he, if he wishes to do it that way. Okay. And, and, and then there's of course the fundamental problem. If your vision system takes, tells you this and the LIDAR tells you that, which one are you going to believe? Which one's right? Well, you, I mean, if you knew which one was right, you wouldn't have asked the question in the first place. You know, you're out there perceiving, trying to understand the world as it exists. I mean, this is a tough problem. It has to go on, as I say, every 20th of a second or something like that. Continuously, you need memory. You, you need to be able to forget stuff, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, holy mackerel, you keep all that data in your brain. I mean, the, the, one of the good things the brain does is it forgets. You know, otherwise it drive us nuts. Okay, so, you know, this has to be sort of the pump. But he needs to go back to the fundamental perception thing, the, the, that to figure out, to, to see that maybe he's getting himself in a little bit of trouble here. There, it's probably easily fixable. Okay, and guess what? With his over-the-air update, he can fix everybody just like that. I mean, it's marvelous what he's built. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. He's not going back and saying, oh, my goodness, we we got a little ahead of ourselves. Yes, but see, that would slow things down. And his bonuses, billions and billions and billions of dollars in bonuses, bonus options, whatever you want to call them, are based on meeting metrics. And the full self-driving revenue has been what's that and the emissions uh, uh, credits are what's keeping him in his options. So yeah, no, I, I guess, but he has, I mean, he's so darn rich. He could afford to take a little bit of a breath. You know, how much did I lose over the last, last two weeks? I mean, I got wiped on, you know, but you know, take a break, whatever. Yeah, but you're not he, struggling he, to become the richest man. And he, no, I know. I don't. a nice guy. Musk keeps beating up on him, but you got these two, you know, testosterone bros up at the top of the world kind of complimenting each other. No, no, I, 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 I agree story. with you. I agree <laughs> with you, Russ, and it make it makes it tough. I, I agree, but but the, the the shame of it is is that what he's done is is actually really darn good, and 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 but it could be substantial. I, I again, I'll say it again. I just think he's gotten a ahead of himself a little bit and if he has and if he if he doesn't just you know forget about you know stationary objects ahead in the process of you know figuring other stuff then okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i brought it up i was wrong i haven't looked at the code i haven't had a chance to talk to the folks who write the code you know i've spent some amount of time trying to write some of this code myself believe it or not not very good at it but you know i you know the algorithms have to do this and that's why transparency is so so important as we make this transition because we want absolutely it, we want it to get here as soon as possible 
with safety in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the value proposition, you know, I, I still believe Adam Jonas, you know, this business is a $10 trillion a year business worldwide. There's a, not, not just as a, the value proposition, the ability to get somebody in Trenton to be able to go to, to Robbinsville and uh, to a $15 an hour job at the Amazon distribution facility easily without spending all the day and have high probability that they'll be able to punch in at seven o'clock, even if they might sleep, sleep five minutes too late and miss their 515 New Jersey transit bus that go. I mean, it's in my class, I, I, in, in my class last week, I lost it because 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 I was I was thinking, oh my goodness, if 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 somebody's spouse is in is in Mercer County Jail in Trenton, how do you go visit your spouse? You know, if you don't have a car. Right. I mean, you know, as fun. I mean, as you know, even even an inmate deserves to have a spouse come visit and say hello. Right. How, how do you get there? Let alone, how do you get to a doctor? How do you get, you know, uh, inexpensive food at Shoprite instead of having a, you know, whatever? Mobility is so fundamentally important. Anyway, um, and those some of us have so much of it we don't know what to do with it. Right. We're going to talk yeah. more about that in a second, Alan. Yeah. But we'll be back. But first, this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor. The Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website, look for a white paper. It's called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Some great information there to help you make informed decisions about investing. You may know that ETFs can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. Website again is MOTOETF.com. We're back with more of Smart Driving Cars and our guest, Russ Mitchell from the Los Angeles Times. GM has now unveiled what it calls the Ultra Cruise hands-free driving system that it says can be used on 2 million miles of roads and in 95% of driving scenarios. And this came at GM's annual investor event. Well, of course, of course, they came in. And, I mean, they're pump, pumping it up, putting lipstick on the. Never mind. Unbelievable. Why don't they say it doesn't work five percent of the time? <laughs> it's it. It's the same data. But what you're trying to do is get a perception by individuals that is greater than what you can accomplish which is, you know, it's an Elon Muskism. Okay. And, and, and it's a sh- it's probably a damn good system. Probably does work 95% of the time. I'm surprised Elon hasn't come out and said mine works 98% of the time or something. I, you know, you know, and that's fine. But it doesn't work 5% of the time. And guess what? You don't know which 5%. Because if you did know which 5%, it would be easy. You could say, hey, wake up, Alan. 
One one key difference in the uh, GMs and Fords and most others is that uh, they're uh, not that these things will be problem free, and it'll be very interesting to see how they perform once they get deployed in large numbers, like like Tesla is. Uh, you know, we can we can uh, wait and see. But they they are using driver monitoring systems that uh, uh, use these cameras that pay attention. They look to see whether you're actually paying attention to the road. Uh, they're very sophisticated. Uh, they have uh, uh, software in there that uh, eventually will be able to tell whether you're about to drift off or whether you just blinked your eye because there's something in your eye. I mean, it, it's very, it, they're getting very sophisticated. Where Tesla still primarily relies on uh, whether your hand is on the steering wheel, something that can be easily defeated by sticking an orange in the, uh, the uh, steering wheel. Yeah, well, super, that, super Cruise has, has had what you just described, yeah. I think, Russ. This is the exactly. current generation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that and, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think both of us, all of us, have praised GM for putting that in there and, and saying to the driver, come on, you know, you've got to pay attention, okay? You've got to pay attention You re- because you don't know where this 5% is not going to is going to come out. And so, therefore, you do. It, 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 some people suggest that that makes it almost, you know, like almost useless because if I have to sit there and pay attention, I might as well drive, okay? Okay. I don't want to, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know. You know, somebody, some levels say you can hop in the back seat. You know, I mean, it's like Looney Tunes. You, but you, got, you, you have to wonder if they're saying hands-free, that this can operate hands-free. That tells people, they may not say it. They may say you're not supposed to, but that's going to tell people you can do something else with those hands. Cell phone, whatever it happens. Sure, to pick my nose. You know, no, I, I, I like but, picking my but nose. But you know, even if they're saying we're watching you, that you're paying attention, the inference is if they're saying hands-free that you can do something. Well, you should things. be able to grab the wheel, Fred. Yeah, but I, th- I, mean, I think how long does that take? Does it? Does it look? How about feet-free? Whenever I use, whenever I use <laughs> my cruise control, guess what? I'm feet-free. But your feet aren't doing something else. If you're hands-free, your hands may be picking up. A phone or something, you know, yeah, whatever. Throw the phone away. Right. Grab the. I, I've got. I can't be focused on my phone. Right. Yeah, but but I think I, Fred, I, I agree, and we'll have to see what happens. Is that uh, advertising it this way does make it seem that yes, you can do something else with your hands, and then you you turn into a distracted driver, and you don't have enough. To, if you're texting on your phone, there's some believe who believe, and it may be true that uh, it's actually depending on the autopilot or the super cruise or whatever may be worse than just doing it without because you're depending on that to save your butt and in some cases it will but in a lot of cases it won't so um uh yeah it may it may be giving people the wrong impression about these systems that really do require you to pay attention um i've i've driven in several of these and even when you're paying attention driving they can be much less stressful uh, I think they they really can add value, but they can also give you a false sense of complacency, and uh, and uh, and and actually lead to greater crashes. And uh, the data NITS is collecting, if they're serious about it and doing it well, uh, we may be able to know the answer to this uh, uh, after a period of time. Yeah, well, they, well, they do. They, they to me look. I when in two thousand fourteen, I I when 
Mercedes came out with their Distronic Plus. I was, I was the first guy on my block. I had to have one, you know, of course, and 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 I still have it. And it it, it really it I for me I love it. Okay, well it doesn't. The steering doesn't really work. The, the intelligent cruise control. I, I I can't imagine anybody driving a car without intelligent cruise control. It does it. You know, if you start crawling up somebody's butt, it 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 backs you off. Right. Okay. And 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 it doesn't really let you. When you're following a car, it does it very well. Yeah. If the if the thing all of a sudden you go over top of a hill and the stuff is stationary. Yeah. It, it doesn't work yeah. okay and and so you've got to be paying attention to that and of course i'm scared to death and therefore i don't sit there and text on the darn thing and whatever of course because I, I know that it doesn't work i don't know when the five percent or the x percent that it doesn't work is going to come up as you rightfully point out <laughs> you've got to take over drivers responsible now at some point gm Elon will say, my system really works. And if anything happens, it's on me. And if Elon goes and says that, I'll, I'll buy one. I'll, 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 I'll go in hawk. I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sell lemonade, put a lemonade stand outside the, outside the house so I have enough money to buy one, whatever it takes. I would sell the Mercedes first. But <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Plans for the fifth annual Princeton Smart Driving Car Summit, Alan, have been changed for some very good reasons. I'll let you get into it. Well, yeah, no. Well, very good reasons is because, you know, once again, Alan, you know, have had over expectations of what the heck he could accomplish. And the over expectation was that, uh, you know, I could pull the whole thing off. I, I I got a lot of very good things set up, but I guess the end frustration I'm, I must admit is this the continuing COVID thing, and and we're just not we're just you know it just it just puts such a cloud over it as to whether or not because of who knows what kind of other bump we're going to get to this in the winter. You would you know I'm I'm. This was planned for next month. So yeah, because it was because you know I wanted I wanted to do it wanted to do it before before December and January and get into February, okay? And and so, so the, the the concept that 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 we have here in New Jersey is that is that we would like to start the mobility benefits of all this in a place where where we have a chance of helping folks and and helping them the most <clears throat> so we really don't want to do it in places where people already have good mobility for which oh my goodness we got to make this you know such that you know they'll want to do it i mean you know there has to be market demand other than a sideshow okay and, and, and of course, we have a situation in some of our cities here in New Jersey in which there are a substantial number of people who don't have all the mobility that, that, we, that we enjoy, that certainly I enjoy. That, you know, on a drop of a dime, I can decide to go do something. I can take my daughter somewhere. I can go pick her up. I can go do whatever. And, 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 and to, to, to get to that point, 
you know, for me, it's not a substantial amount of my disposable income. But for some people, I mean, to be to be have some opportunity to do that, the percentage of their disposable income that they spend to be able to do that is is substantial. That means that a lot of other things that they could be doing with their disposable income, they're not doing. And then there are some people that even with all that, they don't have it. And in Trenton, we have a situation that 70% of the household have one or fewer cars. Hmm. And of course, I point to where is the only place in the world that this is happening, uh, you know, Chandler, Arizona. Chandler, Arizona, 70% of the households have two or more. Okay, so it's nice. It's really great that Waymo's out there doing it in Chandler, but boy, you got to be really good to compete with those guys to be able to get them to ride with you other than, hey, mom, I took a, you know, as, as, as some sort of, in Trenton, Novelty, yeah. I, I think we can improve lives. People can and, improve and, themselves. And there's been some real progress, uh, and even, even though we're delaying this till May. Yeah, no, the, I, we, the, the right. progress, the, the key to making this happen has always been we have to have a, a welcoming environment here. You know, if, if it's not a welcoming environment, I mean, I mean, you do not want to go to many planning board meetings in Jersey. OK, I don't know about California, but in Jersey, I mean, I sat on one of those guys for seven and a half years. I oh, I don't think so. Well, I don't. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's it's got it. And I think that we have the realization that the governor at the at the mayor at, at uh, much of city council, at the commissioner of New Jersey DOT, at, at, at religious leaders, at, at uh, public safety leaders, at, at, at business leaders, and so on. I think we finally have, we have in New Jersey, look, it, you come here and, and, and provide some valuable mobility equitably to folks who really could use it and figure out, ask them what they want as opposed to what you think they want. I mean, some of these folks have not talked to anybody except the richest people in the, in the whatever that already have the most and think that what you have to do with this is have, you know, champagne cocktails as we're listening on our whatever, da 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 Somebody's just trying to get the, get the work. Somebody's just trying to get, get to the growth. I mean... To me, that's where the value proposition is. And I think and there, there is some interest, you know, with your inquiries. Uh, we can't name names, I suppose, but out there in the industry. Well, there, there's, int there's interest, you know, with, whether or not the technology companies could come here, you know, the amount of time that I gave them to come here, you know, they've already planned their 2021 budgets and they're working on 2022. Guess what? They can't tell me that they don't have it in their 2021 budget anymore because now I'm doing 2022, damn it. So you can't use that excuse. <laughs> and in a sense, what, what I'm trying to do with, with the, with the, with the, the Saturday thing, which we, I want an equitable mobi mobility fair. I want it to be, I want it to, I want, I want in the center to be the technology companies telling folks what it is that they might have. Cause nobody around here knows anything. California, you guys, you've seen it all over the place, okay? Here in New Jersey, we've had one vehicle or something, maybe two vehicles running around. We're, we're, we're totally clueless. 
And I want the technology companies to listen to the people to then hear what these people have to say, what would improve their lives, what would get them to be customers, what would allow them, hey, you have this great thing, okay, how how are you going to make it so it improves my life? Now, I think they can do that. And I think the last thing, we, we want to establish a public-private partnership here in New Jersey, okay? The public side's willing to pick up some subsidy tabs, willing to make it easy for you. Come here, and then out of that, you prove you work in Trenton. You can expand to Mercer County. That allows you to come to Princeton. Some of my neighbors actually have a lot of money. Russ said, follow the money. <laughs> I don't want you to start at the money. I want to start at the value proposition. Right. And then you can go to the money. You can build a business out of this. Yeah. This is the new form of public transportation. Right. That it doesn't have to be something. It can make money. Yeah. Adam Jonas has been telling us 10 billion out there to make. Okay. Each year. It is there. People, there, there's value in providing mobility to people. And people are willing to pay for it. All of us pay for it by whatever cars we have and do do do's and the does and the d's and the so ons that we put into them. Okay, people are willing to pay, but provide the mobility. That's what this stuff's supposed supposed to do is provide mobility. It has to be safe. That's a constraint. Okay, it has to be safe. But once it's safe, provide the mobility, improve people's lives. Absolutely. I don't know. That, that, that's my view of this thing. That's what we're going to do. And we're not going to do the, the first, um, uh, the, the, the first end of the first week in, 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 in uh, May. You know, we're going to do the, the welcoming in my house again on Thursday night. On, on, on Friday, it will be sort of the, I call it the, the suits will be there. You know, everybody in a suit down New Jersey DOT will all talk about the, the things that normal suit people talk about in, in, in conferences and how to do this technically. But Saturday is in Trenton with tents and whatever around, around City Hall, very inexpensive food. So the people will come who might actually benefit from this mm-hmm. and come get a peek if anybody's willing to show. If none of the technology companies want to come here and show their stuff, my students know enough about this. They'll set up and tell people about company A, company B, company C, you know, won't say they represent them, but they can go to the web. How are we buying things today? We go to the web to get the information. We're not sold this stuff by salespersons. Okay. All right. So, hey, don't want that. You, do, you don't want to come pitch your stuff to cu- a customer set. Hey, we'll just put out, put up on screens and stuff. What you show your stuff does. But maybe what somebody interprets and say, hey, maybe you did a little Photoshopping here and maybe you really don't do it. And your full self-driving isn't full self-driving, okay? Hey, I, we can, we can and, and people will learn. So if they don't want to come, it's fine. And at some point, all we need is one. Right. All we need is one. We'll come in here and decide to provide mobility to people for which that mobility will improve their quality of life. And if nobody comes, then, you know, 
an automated vehicle too. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Russ and I will do it. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how it's going to go, whatever. That's what we're trying to do with it. Well, absolutely. It's going to be, I think, a great event. And again, it's in, going to be the first week of May. Finally, yeah. Alan. Yeah. 90-year-old actor William Shatner of Star Trek fame is scheduled to be on board a Blue Origin flight this week, now scheduled for Wednesday. I guess there is no age limit. There's hope for me. <laughs> I want Elon to pick me on his next inspiration flight or something like that. I mean, I want to go to Mars, damn it. I've been wanting to go to Mars since the 60s. That's how, how I got into this business in the first place. Unfortunately, you know, 1970, it became obvious we weren't going to Mars. So I had to find, I had to do automated vehicles in cities. So I've been doing that for you know, 50 plus years, but now, man, boy, let's go to Mars. I want to go. I went to, I went to Mars in the sixties, but it wasn't on a rocket ship. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Russ, I'm not going to ask. <laughs> uh, well, Russ, we're glad you were back anyways, on with us today. Uh, no, hey, yes, Russ. It's, appreciate it's, it. Look, we've, we've, you, you've been, you've been, a, you know, you've been, you've been a strong force in, in trying to, put some sanity in this business there's real opportunity here you said it in the beginning. there's real no value proposition for people uh-huh. it, it can it, it, and that also improves the economy i mean it, you know again follow the money this is a good thing yeah. okay we, we we just it's just a few little adjustments we need to make enormous progress without Absolutely. a doubt and um, we just i guess all three of us are out there just trying to make it a little bit better, make it better sooner. Well, great, re- great reporting, Russ. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks and, and, yeah. And also Russ, thank you for doing all the research and all the work you did in, in, yeah. in, in bringing this out because, I appreciate because, it. because anyway, I, you know, it does take all that work and we thank you. Okay. Thanks to our sponsor, the smart yeah. ETFs, smart transportation and technology ETF, the ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO, and you can get more info at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. Your smart speaker can play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. Thank you.